Hello and welcome to episode 165 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. In today's episode, we're asking the question, what on earth is Web 3.0? It is a skeptic's guide to Web 3.0. We're going to try and demystify all those jargon terms and see whether this is something that we should be embracing as business owners, as marketers, or is it basically like the emperor's new clothes? Let's get on with it now. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and, and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello. Ian Anson Gray here. This is the Confident Live Marketing Show. And in today's episode, we're going to get stuck into Web 3.0. You might not even know what that is. I didn't really know until relatively recently. There's there's only so much that we can delve into in today's episode. I don't know how well I'm going to do, but I'm going to try my best. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. I've heard of NFTs, Ethereum, and the metaverse, creator coins, the ledger, blockchain, and cryptocurrency, Web 3.0, I wanna say hello, Bitcoin, MetaMask, smart contracts, and adapt, it all sounds like a trap, or maybe the emperor's new clothes, Web 3.0. We're gonna talk about it on this show today. You might even not know what Web 1.0 or Web 2.0 is. So uh, Web 1.0 is when the World Wide Web was originally created. It was just basically for storing information. So Web 1.0 is just the early days of the World Wide Web. Tim Berners-Lee invented it. And so it's just text and images on the screen and we could read that. Whereas Web 2.0, and I remember going to like a, a conference when they were talking about Web 2.0. It was a kind of a phrase that was coined by lots of developers. And it was a way of us interacting and changing the web. Think about social media. Think about Facebook. Facebook allows us to post our status updates and upload images, and we get control over what we see on the internet. So that was Web 2.0. Now, Web 3.0 is just a term for lots of different types of technology that are coming together, such as the metaverse and cryptocurrency coming together to to really revolutionize and change what we have on the web. So there's lots of jargon involved. And that is one of the really annoying things about all of this. Like, there's so much jargon that can put so many of us off. And it put me off because I hate jargon. So the first thing that we need to talk about is mindsets because we're going to go on this journey and it's going to be very, very hard for many of us to, to embrace Web 3.0. So we need to think about the mindset first. So the first thing is, well, why is this important? And in a way, we can't really answer that until we kind of understand what Web 3.0 is. And it's kind of like the Matrix. <laughs> you know, Morpheus says, unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. They need to experience it for themselves. And Web 3.0 is a little bit like that. In order to answer that question, you kind of need to understand everything and experience it first. Uh, so I will be answering that question 
a little bit today, but I hope that in future weeks I'm going to be talking about this a little bit more. And actually, I forgot to say that on next episode, which is Thursday if you're watching live, or it is uh, next Friday if you're listening, I've got... Mitch Jackson uh, on the show. He is a lawyer based on the West Coast of the USA. And he is going to talk to us about Web 3.0 and the metaverse. Uh, So if you have no idea what the metaverse is, this is not um, anything to do with Facebook. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is wanting everyone to think that the metaverse is to do with Facebook because they've changed the name to Meta. But uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about then. Um, so anyway, and it's okay to be skeptical. If you are skeptical about all of this, that's totally okay. You have to go through this at your own pace. Um, ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. I think we think that often, but we're all learning uh, this. And it, and really, at the moment, all of this is like the Wild West. It's like the beginnings of the internet or the beginnings of social. And that's one reason why I think I'm quite excited about this, because I remember when social media started to be a thing, and I was really excited about it. And all those opportunities that came by, came by. I think there were lots of opportunities for us with Web 3.0, but it is like the Wild West. It is it's like, beware of the dragons. It's kind of like really weird and scary. And like, a lot of us don't have a clue what's happening. Uh, You do have to be careful uh, with all of these new technologies, because it is new, particularly when it comes to to money side of things, we're talking about like investments sometimes. Uh, So you just obviously need to be careful about that. And I'm not a financial advisor, obviously. Uh, You're not too late. So you might think, some of you might think, well, okay, I know everyone's been talking about it, but maybe I'm just too late for it. Well, you're absolutely not. We're still at the start of all of this. Now, I don't want, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the guy who wrote an article in a newspaper and said that the internet may just be a passing fad. <laughs> so like, if you were in the 1990s, you might have thought that the internet was just like, this internet thing isn't going to catch on. Well, it could well be the same with Web 3.0. In fact, I think it is, you know, it's inevitable. This change is inevitable. So don't be that guy. Um, but not everyone needs to be there first. So if this, if you're finding all of this overwhelming, that's okay. You don't need to be there. I feel I need to be in there because I teach people and I need to understand this. And it's kind of part of the way I am. So it is complicated. There's lots of jargon, as I was saying earlier. So it's, it's kind of a bit annoying. But what I found is that the people who are delving into all of this are really super helpful. I've joined quite a few communities and I've asked really stupid questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question, but that people have been really gracious with me and kind and patient and because they understand that they were there at, at my stage as well. So don't, you know, don't get too stressed about that. Um, but there are a lot of things to understand. But let's let's d- delve into the next the next thing, which is what are some of the things that we need to know? And so these are, okay, warning, warning, warning. These are some of the jargon words um, because, yeah, it, it, these are, so, let's get on with them. So, so these are the, some of the phrases and words that we might need to kind of learn and understand. The first thing are ledgers. And this is like in the real world. If you are in the financial world, you probably already know what this is, but I had to look it up. Uh, we need to understand a little bit of the history of money. We need to understand what the blockchain is. Uh, what on earth is a proof of work? Cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum. That should say Ethereum on the screen. This is a keynote trying to change the spelling. 
Ethereum. Uh, we've got dApps. These are decentralized apps. Uh, smart contracts, NFTs, DAOs. I'm not going to talk about DAOs today. And then the metaverse. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about the history of money. Okay. So um, I'm going to do this very, very briefly. But thousands of years ago, we didn't have like actual money. Uh, so if I wanted to buy your camel, I needed to, we needed to do an exchange. So I needed to kind of ask ask you, well, what do you want to mine? And you might like, well, can I have your cow, please? And then I ha- we have to think, well, is that a fair exchange? Okay, I'm happy with that. So you have my cow and I'll have your camel. That's That's cool. But the problem with that was uh, a number of things. First of all, like that was okay within our local community because we would hopefully trust each other and it was a it, we could see the commodities that we were exchanging but the the main problem with that is well what if i wanted to buy your camel but i you didn't want to buy my cow but that was the only thing that i had so as our society developed that wasn't particularly helpful so that's why coins were developed uh, gold and silver coins because these were precious metals so coins were created and say I gave you 10 gold coins for your camel, you could then use those 10 gold coins to exchange with somebody else because those coins were themselves precious and it was a great way of exchanging goods. Then we went on to paper money. So this is when banks started to become a thing and governments grew up. Uh, And instead of having to worry about the actual coins, the value of the coins itself, the paper money itself was just... Uh, the government saying, uh, we promise to pay you this amount of money. So it was it's based on trust. I'm probably not explaining that terribly well, because uh, this is where my brain starts to go a little bit mushy. But that's what paper money was. And these days, we're kind of in number four, which is digital money. So often, like we don't actually use cash anymore, paper money or coins. Uh, it's all stored entries on a database. So I send money to, um, I don't know, eBay or Amazon, and that's taken out of my account, and it then appears in Amazon's account, and it's all kind of done electronically. Now, we're now moving into stage five, which is using cryptocurrency. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but this is all decentralized. It means that the it's not all kind of doesn't have to be stored in a bank. We don't have to use banks. I can send uh, some money from, from myself to you, and it's all uh, connected. Um, we don't have to trust the, the the system because as long as you give me your digital ID, I can send that direct to you. We don't have to use any middlemen or, or any banks or anything like that. So that is the history of money. And you might be thinking, well, why do, on earth do we need to know that? Well, I think we need to understand that before we then get on to the next stage. Hillary is here. Great to see you, Hillary. Uh, watching on LinkedIn. I think I follow to an extent. Um, <laughs> I'm trying my best, Hillary. It's really hard. Uh, promissory notes. That's checks. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you actually look at, if you look at, if you get a a, a note a, um, out, like a five pound note or five, you know, one dollar uh, bill, uh, and have a look at it, and it says, "I promise to pay the bearer." I don't actually have uh, any any cash on me but it's not the actual paper itself doesn't it's not really worth very much at all um so it's yeah it's down to it's down to that okay so let's get on to the the next bit 
let's get on to ledgers. Let's understand that. So this, uh, I've got a picture on the screen of a very, very old book. It's a ledger. And the way this works is, say, for example, I uh, build a house. Okay. And in the ledger, it says this house was built in 1960. And it sold, the next line, it sold to Mr. and Mrs. Smith for £10,000. Uh, and then five years later, I then put in the ledger, it was sold to Mr. and Mrs. Anderson. And each time we're adding uh, th these details to the ledger. We're not changing anything before, but we're adding bits to the ledger as we go along. That 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 is what a ledger is. And I had to look this up. So it's chronological. And the important thing is that we keep adding to it. We're adding data as we go along, but nothing in the past changes. So I don't go back to the past and then cross out and change things. We're just adding little bits. So for example, it could be, I have a thousand pounds in my bank account. Uh, but now I have £500 in my bank account because I've just bought something on Amazon for £500. We're not going back and changing that initial thing. It says I have £1,000, then £500 has gone out to Amazon, and so I've now got £500. So nothing has changed in the past. That's really, really important. Um, so that's what is going to help us understand what blockchain is. And it took me a while to understand a little bit more about blockchain. I'm not an expert at all on this. But blockchain is basically like a digital ledger. It's a digital ledger that is stored. Well, we'll go on to that, but it's stored on um, lots and lots of different computers. Uh, it's it's set decentralized. So it's not stored in a bank somewhere. You could, if you wanted, download the uh, the digital ledger, the blockchain. There are many, many, many copies of this. And that's important because that is part of the security of it. Because if I change my, uh, if I change the ledger on my version of the blockchain, that's not going to match up with everyone else's version. And there's going to be like a security alert on that one. So you can store copies of yourself if you want to get into crypto mining. You can do this if you want, but uh, that's really important. And it's almost impossible to cheat the system because each block on the blockchain contains some data. And it could be, for example, how much money you have in your Bitcoin account or uh, when a house was built or when it was sold, or it, it could be anything. It, it could be any form of data. So each block itself contains some stuff, some information. It also has a unique fingerprint that identifies it. And all blocks are different. Each block has to have its own unique identifier. This is called a hash, another kind of uh, scary word. Um, but the important thing here is it also has the fingerprint or the hash of the previous block. So that means if I change, if I go in and change my data, then the hash changes and it means that all the other blocks in front of it are going to be changed and, and, and different and incorrect. And so again, so it show, it basically means that we can't change any of the blocks in the past. Everything stay has to stay the same. We're adding to it and we're adding to it each time. So that is what the blockchain is. The important thing here is also to realize there is not one blockchain. Uh, we, blockchain is a technology that we can use. So with cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency uses blockchain technology. So for example, Bitcoin, that uses blockchain. 
Another cryptocurrency called Ethereum or Ether uses another blockchain. They're all different, but they all use the um, blockchain technology. So it cuts out that middleman. So for example, if I, so if I want to sell you this phone, I could go on eBay. And the reason I go on eBay is because like, I don't necessarily know you. So I want to have the security of eBay to be able to take care of the payment side of things and the trust side of things as well. So I put it on eBay, but eBay takes a cut. It might take, I don't know, is it 2.5% or whatever? With cryptocurrency, uh, as long as I have your information, uh, your your Bitcoin address or whatever it is, we can we can like trust each other and I can send that information to you and you have proof that you own this uh, or I have this proof that I own this uh, this phone and it's all it cuts out the need of a middleman it cuts out the need of of eBay so this is like a huge huge thing it's secure and it's uh, trustworthy as well okay now there's this big thing about decentralization it's almost like anti-government I'm not going to get all political now uh I, I'm less interested in that, um, that side of things, but I am interested in the potential of cryptocurrency and Web 3.0 and how it can help us. So we've all probably heard of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. It uses blockchain. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of it because it's quite complicated, maybe another time. But all that you need to know is there are lots of different types of cryptocurrency. Another one, and this is probably one of the most important parts of Web 3.0, is not actually Bitcoin that's the most important. It's Ethereum. Ethereum. Now, I don't know whether you've heard of Ethereum, but um, Ethereum is really, really important. And Ethereum is not actually the cryptocurrency. So Bitcoin, the equivalent of Bitcoin here is called the Ether. So you can have like, I could have five Bitcoin or I have five ETHs or Ethers. Um, so it uses cryptocurrency called Ether. Now, Ethereum is like a game changer when it comes to the whole Web 3.0 thing. Think of like with Bitcoin, the value, if you have five Bitcoin, then the value that you've got is, is just five Bitcoin. Whereas with Ethereum, the value is actually what is kind of stored in the blockchain itself, in each block. Because it's not just the value of the currency, it's other really cool stuff that you can do. And this is, if you kind of start to understand this, this is where you will see the potential of Web 3.0. Because Ethereum is built on the blockchain, but with the idea of smart contracts. So within each block, you have this like series of if-then statements that can do certain cool things. So I'll give you an example of this. For example, and this is... When we get on to talking about NFTs, um, non-fungible tokens, you'll understand this. But for example, I could have a, a block on there that will, will do things automatically. For example, it could be if I am sent uh, one ETH, ETH or one Ethereum or what was it called? Yeah, one Ether. <laughs> I'm confused. Then it will automatically send you access to a course. And that will give you access to the course for five years. Or it could be you're a musician. And when you send me some money, I will automatically give you access to my back catalogue for the next, well, forever. You have access to that. But the cool thing here is with smart contracts is that if you then sell that on, then if you've built this into the smart contract, I can get a cut as the original seller. So 
this is where it gets really confusing. Think about this phone again. I'm going on to uh, eBay. I'm selling it for 500, 500 pounds. That's a really amazing deal. Okay, I sell it. I sell it on eBay. You buy it. Um, now, maybe a year later, you sell that on. You sell it for 400 pounds. So you're getting that 400 pounds, but I'm not getting anything. With smart contracts, I can. what I can do here is I can sell you access to my entire back catalogue. Um, and I get, say I get uh, 500 pounds for that, but then you sell that on later on for a thousand pounds and I get a 10% cut on that. So I get, well, well I get a hundred pounds and then I get a hundred pounds from the next person or whatever. And it goes on and on and on and on. So you can build in these smart contracts and it will, it means that you get paid automatically. Uh, so we don't have to worry about you know, any trust or anything, if you sell it on to another person, that money, uh, that 10% will automatically go to my account. So that's what a smart contract is. And these are built with what are called dApps. These are decentralized applications. So they're just kind of like software, um, but they're kind of all uh, decentralized. So that there's not stored on one particular server, which is pretty cool. So this is complicated stuff, but I hope you kind of like understand this, the, the question you might be thinking is, well, why? Well, hopefully I've given you some real live, uh, really, really good examples there of um, how you could build a community of people and you giving access, say, to your courses, but then they could, or it could be to uh, like an event, you, you're giving access for the next, say, five years, but they, those people can sell it on and you can continue to get money even after that first sale. So I hope that kind of Makes sense. I think I need to have a bit of a break um, because that is a bit complicated. I think it's important to understand the history of money, to understand the the concepts of the ledger, and then to understand blockchain. What not the like complete ins and outs of what blockchain is, but then to understand the cryptocurrency and the, and how that fits into the scheme of things. Uh, Bitcoin, but then moving on to Ethereum and smart contracts and why that's really important now. What I do want to say here is if you don't understand this, if if this is going over the top of your head, like don't panic, don't worry. Uh, it will make sense. It's one of those things you have to kind of keep coming back to and eventually, hopefully you'll understand and you'll see what the potential is. But the potentials for business are really cool. We're at the start of this. And so the problem we've got at the moment is that the general public, are probably not going to understand a lot of this. Um, so things like NFTs, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Now, what on earth is that? I, I uh, Or what's cryptocurrency? Like, they're not going to understand that. But what I think is going to happen over the next two or three years is, like, the names of these things will change and it will kind of be under the hood, under the bonnet. And people might uh, be exchanging goods using these technologies, but they might not even know that they are using this technology. They might be using NFTs, which I'm going to talk about next, but they might not actually know that that is what it is. And I think that's where we're going. Um, you don't have to understand all of this, but hopefully I'm making some sense here um, because, yeah, that would be good. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. So we talked about Ethereum, NFTs. Right. So I'm going to be honest with you. Um, NFT. So NFT stands for non 
fungible tokens. I mean, what a stupid phrase. I mean, it, you couldn't get more complicated if you tried. Like, I've, I'd never heard of the word fungible. What is non-fungible? What's a token? I mean, it's... So, a lot of people think that NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are to do with, like, um, ridiculously priced digital art. So, you might... I mean, I've seen this on on the internet that you know, people are buying like a picture of a cat for like $10,000. You think like, and it's digital. It's a digital piece of art. If you think that is what an NFT is, you're not alone, but it absolutely is not what an NFT, well, <clears throat> it kind of is what an NFT is, but it is much, much more than that. And I think I originally, this this is why I think I thought NFTs was a little bit like the emperor's new clothes. It's like all these people buying these like digital pieces of art. Do you not realize this is a complete scam? Like, why are you doing this? It's a complete scam. Like, stop doing it. But NFTs are powered by these smart contracts that we were talking about before. Let's just explain what non-fungible token means. So non-fungible means unique. If you're fungible, you're not unique. Non-fungible, you are unique. So as human beings, as individuals, we are all non-fungible. There are no one that's quite like you. Money, however, is fungible. So as a really good example, I think this was on Michael Stelzner's podcast, explaining it this way. For example, let's say I have 50 pounds. I have 10 five pound notes in my wallet. And you come to me and say, can I borrow five pounds? So I open up my wallet and I say to you, yeah, of course you can. Which five pound note would you like? I would never do that because like they're all the same. Every single five pound note is exactly the same. So it doesn't matter which one you take, they're all going to be five pounds. And it's the same, um, for example, with Bitcoin. Like if you say, can you send me one Bitcoin, please? Which uh, one Bitcoin is a lot of money at the moment. Is it like 20,000 pounds or dollars? I don't know. <laughs> but let's say... Um, so I, uh, I'm not going to ask you, well, which one of my Bitcoins do you want to, it doesn't matter because they're all fungible, but non-fungible, uh, a non-fungible example, like where, where it could be, for example, you're going to the cinema, you're booking tickets tomorrow to see, I don't know what, I can't think of a movie at the moment, Spider-Man or whatever. And you booked four tickets at tomorrow's, uh, showing at 8 PM of Spider-Man at your local cinema those four seats are non-fungible. Those tickets that you have uh, will not work for any other event. That is unique. That is unique for that particular showing of Spider-Man tomorrow at 8 p.m. NFTs are not just art. What NFTs are, it's basically stuff stored on the blockchain. So it could be, for example, access to a complete back catalogue of a, an artist, or it could be access to a course that you've designed or your whole of your courses or to your community or access to the next five years of your events. And it's all stored on that block on the blockchain. So that, in a sense, is what the NFT is. But in order to unlock that stuff on that block so that you can gain access to that. So for example, it could be you get a discount on a, on a, an event coming up, 50% off for the next five years. In order to get access to that, you need a key. And that is where the digital art often comes into it. So uh, it's kind of a proof that you own that 
NFT, that this non-fungible token. And so when people are buying pictures of cats and stuff, they're usually not just buying it for the art, they're buying for buying it because there's something else in there. They're buying access to something. But of course, you could then uh, wait and, and uh, for example, that might become more and more valuable. So you can then sell it on and make some money. But that original person is going to make some money as well. So uh, Michael Stelzner, Social Media Marketing World, has given everyone who went to the recent Social Media Marketing World uh, a free NFT. So we get that for free. That's all great. I could, if I wanted, sell that on and I could make some money. Uh, but Social Media Marketing World would make a cut on that as well. And then keep some, if they then sell it on, uh, you can do it that way. So there's loads of uh, cool things that you can do there. So NFTs are not just art. They are basically just unique data on the blockchain. Now, the final thing that I'll just briefly talk about are social tokens. So this is uh, something completely different. This is kind of like, um, it's a bit like its own cryptocurrency. Now, these are not unique. These are not non-fungible. They are fungible. So, uh, but they're also known as creator creator coins. So, oh, are you with me? Are you with me on this one? So, let's look um, at uh, some creator coins. So, th- these are basically, it's like Bitcoin, but you are investing in a creator. So there might be somebody out there, could be me, for example, you might really like the stuff that I create, and you want to invest in, uh, you want to kind of like donate or pay pay to be part of my community. Now I could use a a service like Patreon. Uh, So Patreon, I could I could say, well, you pay me like $1 a month or $5 per month, and you get this amount of access to my community, you get access to my courses and stuff like that. With creator coins, we're using cryptocurrency, and you can have your own cryptocurrency here. So the the, the really uh, good example here is a service called Rally, rally.io, and there's quite a few creators on there who have created their own coins. So you can see we've got the Mega Coin and the Ali Coin here. If we go down to all creators here, these are, because the top one at the moment is the Gary Coin, that's Gary Henderson. Then we've got the Tilt Coin, Joe Polizzi, um, who is great guy. Uh, and then further down, we've got uh, Rise, which is Mark Schaefer's coin. And I own some uh, some Rise coins because I, I love Mark Schaefer. I love all the stuff that he does. Uh, we've got Anne Handley as well with the Word coin as well. So if I click on, so for example, if I click on Joe's coin here, um, what I can now see is I can see that if I, uh, if I own some Tilt coin, then I will automatically get access to his community, which is on Discord, which is uh, a social, kind of like a social media platform, like a forum. Um, but uh, I get, if I pay a little bit more, I get access to uh, like a, a, a giveaway. If I um, have five five tilt coin, I get exclusive content creation um, each month. If I have 20, I get this. Uh, so it's a way of kind of like, it's almost like gamification of uh, of of your community and you're getting people to help invest and you are actually each time you will get some extra money coming into your rally account as well and of course you can uh you can withdraw that and you can convert it into rally and convert it into ethereum and bitcoin um and it's all pretty cool so i think i think i'm done i think i'm done explaining everything that what i haven't explained is 
I haven't gone on to the metaverse. We're talking about that next week. I've not really talked about the ins and outs of Bitcoin or anything like that. What I would recommend that you do is just to start to do your own research. There are some great videos on, on YouTube. Uh, in fact, what I'll do is I'll link to them below and I'll link to this on in the article uh, when this podcast is out. So if you go to iag.me forward slash 165, you'll find out all that information about uh, all of that uh, and join some discord communities so if you if you've uh, found this helpful the communities i recommend are there's the adhd community this is uh it's not necessarily to do with adhd but this is uh this is uh brian fanzo's community is great uh, and uh, he's really explaining it well there's also mark schaefer's rise community as well so go to uh Go to Mark Schaefer's website, which is uh, businessesgrow.com, and you can find out a little bit more about that. But I hope I've not overwhelmed you. Well, I probably have, but uh, I've tried to give you like a very like brief overview of everything. Um, but you're you don't need to understand all of this. You might be thinking, well, do I need to understand this now? Absolutely not. But if you do want to get in there before everything changes, then it might be good to get in there now and understand it. But um, let me know how I can help and support you. But that is it for this week. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits to the power of Confident Live video season. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. I've heard of NFTs, Ethereum, and the metaverse creator coins the ledger blockchain and cryptocurrency web 3.0 i wanna say hello bitcoin metamask smart contracts and adapt it all sounds like a trap or maybe the emperor's new clothes web 3.0 we're gonna talk about it on this show today.